When you feel forgotten, when you feel you can't go on, when you feel you're all alone, when you are discouraged and you feel forsaken, when you feel there's nothing to lean on when it's sifting through your hands when you've done all you can but there's still so more to do it's easy to forget in times like this Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, and he cares about everything you're going through. Your name is engraved on the palm of his hands, and that's a promise you can hold on to. forget in times like this Jesus loves you when earthly plans have failed you and there's no help to find when you're broken all apart when the sun to even shine when you're dealing with a broken heart I've been there too when God seemed so far and I needed to be reminded too cause at times like this forget Jesus loves you Jesus loves you and he cares about everything you're going through your name is engraved on the palm of his hand and that's the promise you can hold on to it's easy to forget in times like this that your name is engraved on the palm of his hands and that's a promise you can hold on to it's easy to forget Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you.
Thank you, Jenny, for that beautiful song. Now, I never told her what I was speaking on, and she never asked me uh, at, about it at all. But it always works out that the Lord knows what we need to hear in terms of the song and what we need to hear in terms of the message. It was planned out by God. And the Holy Spirit is always involved in our church, and we're thankful for that. We should never forget, Jesus loves me. That beautiful song says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And he's proved his love for us, first of all at the cross of Calvary, and then every day of his life he's proving how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, and we should never forget that about how much he loves us. Shall we just open in a, in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful for Jesus' love. We're thankful for your love for us in sending him to be our Savior on the cross. And we pray now that you will quiet our hearts before you, open our minds, open our hearts to receive the truth that we have before us today, individually for each heart. It may be different for one person from another, though we hear the same message, but it affects us in a different way because of our experiences, what we're going through, what we've been through in the past. We pray now that you will speak to our hearts through the Holy Spirit, and we pray that you will hide me behind the cross, Lord, and we just pray that you'll be glorified. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, God is not like a father to leave us alone in this world like orphans and just say, okay, you're on your own now. You can, you can handle it. He doesn't work that way. He's a loving, heavenly father who cares about every need that we have. He knows what we're going through. He doesn't minimize it and say, tough it out, get up, get going. He doesn't do that. He's not mean. He, he's a God of love and kindness and gentleness with us. And we can thank God for that because we go through some heavy circumstances. When Adel was talking about the different people we're going to pray, and we're praying for you too, Brother Paul, by the way. All these different needs, they're, they're huge needs to us. And yet God knows about them already, and he's already working to bring about his answers. And sometimes we have to wait, and sometimes we have to wait a long time, and sometimes we have to wait a very long time. God is not in a hurry. He's not in a rush. He's knowing what we're going through, and he's going to bring it to pass in his timing. Someone once said, God's love does not keep us from trials, but sees us through them. You know, God won't always say, well, I'm going to take it away. No, he says, I'm going to be with you through it. And when he's with us through it, he carries us through to victory. Think about the Israelites. How many years did they dwell in the, in the wilderness? on their journey, 40 years in the wilderness. And he took care of them. He protected them. He provided for them. He provided every need that they had until they reached the promised land and beyond. And we're so thankful for that. And the title of our message today is this, The Eternal God is Our Refuge. The Eternal God is Our Refuge. And we're going to look at three things from from the scriptures today. Number one, God is eternal. It means he's always existed. He is not a created being. He is the creator. He created everything. 
But who created him? No one. He's the self-existent, pre-existent God, the eternal God. Number two, he is our refuge. God is our refuge in our time of trouble and need. And number three, God's arms are underneath us to carry us and see us through. First of all, God is eternal. I think of that verse in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 where it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The eternal Son. And we're so thankful today that He has the power, He has the strength to handle anything we go through. It's oftentimes we sing that song, He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more than able. And so we thank God that He has the ability to handle any situation. We come to a situation that, that looks impossible. And it looks like a huge mountain to us. Like the Israelites, they had the mountains on the side, they had the Red Sea in front of them, and they had Pharaoh and his army pursuing them. It was a hopeless situation. There was no hope. They, there was no out, way out. The people thought, well, we're going to be killed. We're all going to be killed by Pharaoh and his army. But God had another plan. And he saved his people. And they went through and marched through that Red Sea on dry ground, and then when Pharaoh and his army tried to pursue them, the waters came back, and we know the story. God won the victory there for his people. He's an all-powerful God. Nothing is impossible for him. You know, there's a story told of John Wesley, who lived and died in, a, in, in the land where he was there, and they have a cemetery, and they marked his grave where he, was, where he passed away. On March 2nd, 1791, John Wesley, right before he died, opened his eyes and proclaimed in a strong, clear voice, the best of all is that God is with us. Yes, best of all and last of all, God is with us. He knew that he was going to be entering into eternity in a matter of minutes in a matter of seconds, maybe. And he was so confident, not in himself, but confident in the promise of God that he would be absent from the body and present with the Lord, that he just relied fully on the eternal God. Moses said in Psalm 90, in verses 1 and 2, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had ever formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And that's confidence that we can have in our God, isn't it? You know, the devil and his demons, as strong and powerful as they are in the spiritual realm, cannot compare to the power of God and the victory that he has over them. They're fighting a losing battle. In fact, they've already lost the war, but they keep fighting on. God is our strength, and He's our defender. And it says in Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 25, Your sandals shall be iron and bronze, and as your days, so shall your strength be. You know, this is one of Sally's favorite verses. I remember 
mentioning it to her one time, and she, she said she loved this verse. As your days, so shall your strength be. He gives us strength to handle anything that comes along one day at a time. He gives us grace. Notice he doesn't say, as your strength, so shall your days be. I think we'd all be in trouble, wouldn't we? If, if our strength depended on, on us, we would be in big trouble. But he says, as your days, so shall your strength be. He gives us enough strength for the days he's given us. We may live a long life. We may live a shorter life. It's all in his hands. But we thank God that as our days, so shall our strength be. I love the great hymn that was written by Annie Johnson Flint entitled, He Giveth More Grace. And if you're going through trials, you're going through physical trials, mental, spiritual, whatever it is you're going through this morning, may the words of this hymn encourage you. She wrote this, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He, giveth, he sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, he multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength is failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. The chorus says, His love has no limit, His grace has no measure. His power, no boundary known unto men, for out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. I love that hymn. It's such a beautiful one. And when Paul was praying, Lord, take away this thorn in the flesh, God didn't say, okay, Paul, we're going to remove it. But he said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. God gives the strength. He gives the power to handle it at the needed time. So many times we look beyond our day, like today, and we see we've got some heavy things coming up on Monday or heavy things coming up this week. We say, how are we going to do it, Lord? How am I going to get through it? I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do the other thing. And all these pressures and stresses. And many times we worry about things that never end up happening at all. Don't we do that? We as human beings are frail human beings and we tend to worry about things that sometimes never happen. But whether they happen or they don't happen, God is with us and he carries us through and he is our eternal God. He is our strength. He is our rock to hold us up. So that's our first point this morning. The eternal God. He is the eternal God. Number two, he is our refuge. The word refuge is a great word. I love it because it speaks of, of strength. It speaks of protection and security. You know, we have some security gates out there and pretty soon they're going to be all uh, implemented and everything. And we're going to feel safer because we have the gates closed and we'll be in here protected. But I'll tell you what, if somebody wanted to get through those gates, they could, but they can't get through the gates of Jesus. He is with us. We are in, his, in the Father's hands. We're in the hands of Jesus. And we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And that's a great refuge to be in, no matter what we go through. 
The word refuge is defined as shelter or protection from danger, difficulty, etc. A person or thing that gives shelter, help, or comfort. A place of safety, shelter, safe retreat, an expediency or shift in action taken to escape trouble or difficulty. We can all say together, those who know the Lord, the Lord is my refuge. The God is my refuge. And when we run to him, we can find refuge in time of need and, and trouble. You know, a lot of people like to go on retreats. They're fun. You go on a retreat. You uh, recharge your batteries. You refocus. You come back with renewed energy. And, you know, you're all ready to go. You went on this retreat. And you go and tell everybody how good it was and everything like this. But you know what? You go right back into your pressure-filled, stress-filled, difficult life, and pretty soon you need a retreat from your retreat. You need another retreat. Or we go on vacation and we come back tired because we did so many things. But when you come to God as your refuge, He gives you that peace. He gives you that safety, that strength, that help in time of need. I love the passage in Psalm 46.1 that says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. This verse has encouraged me. This verse has encouraged many Christians down through the years facing some kind of trouble. And that's why it puts it like that, in trouble. Because we get in trouble in life in different things. Maybe physical, maybe financial, it may be a, a job situation, a home situation, a health situation. But when we're in that situation, we can say with confidence, God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in time of need. The margin in my Bible says it can be rendered an abundantly available help. God is always available for us, isn't it? Can you imagine if you went to the Lord and the Lord says, well, do you, do you have an appointment? Let's see, I think we can fit you in in about the year 2020. We can, you can come and tell me your needs. And, and I, I've got a long list. I've got a lot of people I've got to take care of. You have to wait your turn. Like you, when you go to the DMV, you have to wait your turn. <laughs> your number comes up finally after hours and hours of waiting. It doesn't that, it's not that way with the Lord. We can go into His presence immediately. And He hears us. And he doesn't minimize it, like I said. He listens to our concerns. He wants us to pray. He wants us to trust in him. He knows he's the only refuge for us. This same man, Charles Wesley, was back in 1738 in his room one day with the window open. And all of a sudden, this little bird flew into the room and landed in his lap in his bosom. And it was being pursued by a hawk. And this hawk started to follow that bird, but as soon as he saw that he was in the bosom of, of John Wesley, that hawk flew away. The devil's like that hawk. He's after you. He's after me, but he can't because we're in the sweet bosom of Jesus. He loves us. He's our refuge. And we can fly to him. We can fly to him when we go through these difficult circumstances of life. Someone said, knowing God as our refuge enables, him to enables us to trust him more freely. We need not fear situations or people 
that threaten our well-being, whether in a physical or spiritual sense. There is no situation we will ever face that is out of God's control. So the best place to be is always right with Him. Just like that little bird found a perfect resting place, a perfect refuge, she flew right into, into the, in the lap of John Wesley. You know, David, he found the Lord to be his refuge, and he wrote these psalms, and he mentions the word refuge in the psalm many, many times in connection with the Lord. Joseph found the Lord to be his refuge when he was in Egypt and went through all these different experiences, including being falsely accused and put into prison and going through all these things. God was his refuge. And Daniel found the Lord to be his refuge, even when they threw him into the lion's den, when lions were so vicious and strong, and yet they were like little kittens because the Lord was with Daniel. And the Lord was his refuge. And Paul found the Lord to be his refuge too with all the persecution and the stonings and the shipwrecks and the pain that he went through all for his master, the Lord Jesus Christ. He found the Lord to be his refuge. You know, so many people in the world look at Christians like you and I and they say, you guys have Jesus as your crutch. You know, I don't need a crutch. I can handle this myself. Oh, can you? Can you, Mr. Unsafe Person? Can you handle this by yourself? You can't do it either. And we are weak, but he is strong. We sometimes sing that hymn, says, I am weak, but he is strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. The Lord is so good. And if you want to call Jesus a crutch, then I want two of them. I want two of them. I want Jesus to be my crutch. I want him to be my support system, my comfort, my refuge in what I go through. Think about Peter. He was there in the prison, chained to Roman soldiers, and they would have him chained to four soldiers at a time, and there were 12 other soldiers around the prison there that were watching, and so there were 16 soldiers to guard one little a disciple of Jesus. I think it was overkill, but they guarded him with 16 soldiers in a, in a fortress. They probably had never had any escape from it in, 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 at all, like Alcatraz. Alcatraz had never had an escape, and then they, they don't even want to admit that these four that got off on the raft may have escaped. They want to think, well, they didn't. They, they died in the bay, which they may have, but whether that's true or not, that prison in Rome probably had no escapees, until the night, the Lord sent his angel to deliver Peter, and he, he bumped him, and he says, Peter was sleeping, and he must have had peace in his life because he's sleeping. If you're worried about dying, you're not going to be able to sleep too well, but Peter was trusting the Lord and, the Lord, and the angel said, come on, Peter, come on, Peter. Peter thought he was having a dream. Okay, let's go. And he found out it wasn't a dream when he got out past the gate. And he went down, and so the first thing he did was to go to the prayer meeting and to announce, here I am, the answer to prayer. And they didn't even believe it. They didn't even believe it was Peter, but God had done a big miracle. And God does miracles for us. We've seen it in the history of our church. I think of Jessica and what she went through, big miracle. I think of Sherry and what she went through, big miracle. And Joanna, there's going to be a big miracle. And whatever God does, he does miracles in our lives. He does it because he loves us. He's our refuge and he's our fortress. 
I think of the fact that one day Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into that fiery furnace, turned up seven times hotter than it had ever been turned up before. They said, well, we got these guys now. Turn it up. Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, seven times hotter. They turned it up as high as they could. They threw him in, into, the, into that fiery furnace. And there they saw four men in the furnace. Because the angel of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, in his pre-incarnate form, was there with them. And not only did they not die, and not only did they not get burned, but I love the scripture and the detail that they didn't even smell of the smoke. Mike, who is a fireman, is amazed by that. He always does whenever he reads that to us because, you know, when you go into a fire, you come out of that fire, if you're not burned or you don't have smoke inhalation, which is bad, you still, you're going to smell like smoke. You've got to wash the clothes and it's hard to get it out. But one thing's for sure, they didn't even smell of the smoke. God delivered them in a powerful way. And in speaking of Israel, in Deuteronomy 4 and verse 7, it says, For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? For whatever reason we may call upon Him. You know, Israel, was, were the, they were the people of God. They were the earthly people of God. We are the spiritual people of God. We're Christians. We're His followers. And He is our refuge. He's our protection. Now, for those who like football, I've got to have a reference to uh, the Super Bowl today. I, Adel says, you got something in the message of Super Bowl? I said, I had a different message, but I do have a reference to this. Now, you're going to see today two great quarterbacks. One is old in his 40s, which is very old for a football quarterback, Tom Brady. Then you have another one who's very young. He's only 24 years old. His coach is only 33 years old. So you have the old guard patriots on one side, and you have the young upstart Los Angeles Rams on the other side. And the key to this game is not just the quarterback, not just the receivers, they're very important, but it's those big guys up front on the offensive line. Some of them weigh well over 300 pounds, and their one mission on that offensive line is to keep Tom Brady or Jared Goff upright and able to throw the ball to the receivers down the field. If they don't do their job, Tom Brady will be crushed and flattened like you got hit by a truck. And he will not be successful. No matter how great the quarterback, if he doesn't have the protection and the time to throw the ball, he can't do it, no matter how good they are. So those offensive linemen, they don't get credit. The only time is when they get blamed. Holding number 69 on the offense, that's a five-yard penalty. And they know who number 69 is. And so they get blamed when they get a penalty, whether it's holding or, or a false start. Usually those are the penalties they get, holding or false start. And their name is not mentioned, but their number is mentioned. But how often have they protected the quarterback? There was a movie called Blindside. And the blindside blocker is the one who protects the quarterback on his side that he can't see coming. So if it's a right-handed quarterback, the left side, and if he's a left-handed quarterback, the right side. And the defender's coming in real fast. You can almost hear their breath, 
but the quarterback is to get the wall away. And so you need somebody really good on that blind side to protect the quarterback, otherwise he'll get crushed. So you can see how it is. God is our refuge. Well, for the quarterback, those linemen are so important to him that oftentimes the quarterback takes them out to dinner and buys them the most expensive dinner and gifts and everything because they're his protection. Well, God is our protection. And that lineman may fail today, and he may get a penalty, or worse, he may give up a big sack, or worse, and when the quarterback gets sacked, he could get injured. So there's all kinds of things that could happen in the game today if the offensive line doesn't do their job in protecting the quarterback. God never fails. He protects us. He's our refuge. We can count on him daily to be with us. And then number three, and one of my favorite points is this, God's arms are underneath us. You know, I read a story about the mother eagle. It sounded like she's kind of mean. What she does is she has her little eaglets up in the nest, and she takes these little eaglets, and she takes them out, and she throws them out of the nest. And they start free-falling to the earth like this. Well, where's the mother eagle? She's underneath. And so that if, as they fall, she catches them with her wings, and she keeps doing this process over and over again until they learn how to fly on their own. And isn't that true of what the Lord does in our lives? He's never far away from us. His arms are underneath us. He's right there to catch us. You know, sometimes you see these uh, trapeze artists, they go, they have, they're up on the high wire act and everything like that, and they have underneath them to catch them, uh, sometimes they, a net to catch them, or if they fall, they have cushion to fall, to cushion their fall so they don't die. Well, the Lord is better than that. He's the, got the everlasting arms to hold us and comfort us all through our lives as Christians, and it's such a beautiful thing to know that. It says in Psalm 89, 13, speaking of the Lord, you have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, high is your right hand. God's arms are strong enough to hold us and yet comforting to us as well. He, he is so precious to us. Underneath are the everlasting arms. The scripture says, the eternal God in, Psalm, in Deuteronomy 37, 3327, the eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Have you ever found the Lord's arms to be anything but comforting and strong? No, we haven't. He's carried us through many things in life. And when they brought the little children to Jesus, and the disciples were wanting to shoo them away. Go away, go away, you're going to bother the master. We have more important things to do. We have deadlines to meet. We've got to be over here in Capernaum. We've got to be over here in Bethsaida. We've got to be over here in Bethany and different places. Don't bother the master. Jesus said, no. Don't forbid the little children from coming to me. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 16, it says, And he took them into his arms, laid them on his hands on them, and bless them. Jesus takes us in our, his arms, and his arms are everlasting arms. They're comforting to us. And what a blessing it is to us in our lives that his arms are underneath us. Someone once said this, with God behind you 
and his arms beneath you, you can face whatever lies in front of you. And that is so true. We sang that song this morning. It's one of my favorites, Leaning on the Everlasting Arm. The third verse of that song says this, What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. The future is an uncertain thing. It's in his hands. We have no control over it. But one thing we have control over is we can run to him as our refuge and we can trust in his strong and everlasting arms to see us through whatever we're going through. To lean on something is to put all your weight on it, knowing that that person or that thing that you're leaning on is going to support you. You know, you can, if you don't have something strong to sit on, it can collapse on you. There have been people that have sat down on a chair and the chair has collapsed on them, just completely collapsed. It wasn't strong enough, but you'll never find Jesus that way. He's always strong enough to support us, always there for us, 24-7. Someone once said, to lean on someone or something, whether a wall or a chair or the Lord, means that you trust in it to support you and hold you up. Without that support, we might fall. He does not allow us to fall. He's our rock and he's our stability. And that is comforting to know when we're going through it. That underneath are the everlasting arms. We're going to go through things this year in 2019 that maybe we've never experienced before, but the Lord is going to be with us because He has promised it. He's promised that He is the eternal God. He's promised that He's our refuge. And He's promised if that isn't enough, my everlasting arms are going to be underneath you to catch you like the mother eagle when she had her little eaglets. So let's remember today, God is powerful. He's an eternal God. He's our everlasting God. And he says, as your days, so shall your strength be. He's going to give you enough strength to go through it. He's not going to allow anything that you can't handle without his strength. And as our days, so shall our strength be. And his grace is sufficient for us. And he's our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And when things seem overwhelming and out of control, he's our protector. Nothing can get through to him. And finally, underneath are the everlasting arms. What a comfort. What an encouragement. Just to take God at his word and know that he is going to be with us every step of the way. He's going to be with us in the morning. He's going to be with us in the afternoon. He's going to be with us in the evening. He's going to be with us while we're sleeping. He's going to be with us while we're waking. He's going to be with us when we go out. He's going to be with us when we come in. He's going to be with us in the hard times. He's going to be with us in the easier times. God never leaves us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this encouraging word today. And truly, Lord, it is from your word we can claim these promises that you are the eternal God. You have all the power and strength that we need for every day. And as our days, so shall our strength be. And Lord, we thank you that you're our refuge 
in times that we can run to you or fly to you just like this little bird, Lord, we thank you that we find you as a God of comfort and encouragement and strength in all that we go through. And thank you for your everlasting arms. Thank you that you take us up in your arms and carry us, Lord. When we can't walk ourselves, you carry us like that poem, Footprints, and there's only one foot set of footprints in the sand. We just thank you and praise you, Lord. Bless this day. Help us to honor you and glorify you. And we leave the future in your hands because you are the God of the future who knows all things. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Jesus.